Grace to you and peace from God, our Father and our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Our meditation on this Lenten evening is taken from John's Gospel, chapter 18. Listen to verses 19 through 24. The high priest then questioned Jesus about his disciples and his teaching. Jesus answered him, I have spoken openly to the world. I have always taught in the synagogues and in the temple where all the Jews come together. I have said nothing in secret. Why do you ask me? Ask those who have heard what I said to them. They know what I said. When he had said these things, one of the officers standing by struck Jesus with his hand, saying, Is that how you answer the high priest? Jesus answered him, If what I said is wrong, bear witness about the wrong. But if what I said is right, why do you strike me? Annas then sent him bound to Caiaphas, the high priest. So far, our text. One of my favorite all-time movies is National Treasure, starring, of course, Nicolas Cage. In the movie, Cage and his cronies are searching for the lost treasure of Solomon's temple found and then hidden by the Knights Templar back in the days of the Crusades. But to find the location of this treasure, Cage first has to steal the Declaration of Independence. Because, of, for, of course, there is a clue, an invisible secret message on the back of that historical document, written in lemon juice by none other than Benjamin Franklin himself. This movie has it all. Secret codes, secret passages and caves, secret books and ciphers, secrets, secrets, secrets. And the sequel to that movie is pretty good, too. Well, lots of secrets might make for a great movie, but they don't make for a great religion. Just ask the Mormons. The Mormon Church, the Church of Jesus Christ, Latter-day Saints, as they call it, it's all about secrets. And that's one reason why Mormonism has long been branded a cult, and rightly so. Well, it really wasn't until about 40 or 50 years ago that some of the more bizarre secrets of Mormonism began to be revealed. For example, did you know that Devout Mormons wear secret undergarments that supposedly prevent temptation and help to fend off evil influences. Mormon founder Joseph Smith used secret eyeglasses that allowed him to translate ancient Egyptian hieroglyphics into the Book of Mormon. Hieroglyphics, by the way, that have never been found. They're still a secret. And Mormons believe that in their third and highest, most secretive level of heaven, you and your wife can actually become gods and rule over your own planet together. Quite a secret, huh? But Christianity is different. The message of the Bible, the message of Jesus Christ, the message of the cross has never been a secret. John 3.16 is not written in lemon juice. 
Jesus Christ dying on a cross to pay for your sins is not secret knowledge. Christ conquering death for you on Easter morning, well, that doesn't need to be deciphered. You don't require some kind of decoder ring to figure out what God gives you, what God graces you with forgiveness and a place in heaven simply through faith in his Son. All of these foundational Christian truths are clearly and repeatedly proclaimed in the Bible. In fact, if you open up any Bible, you will trip over them. In other words, Jesus Christ never taught or preached or proclaimed secrets. And that's really what our, our text is all about this evening. For following Judas's betrayal in the garden, Jesus is what? He's promptly arrested, handcuffed, and dragged before the Jewish high priest, Annas, who would begin the kangaroo court procedure of condemning Jesus to death. Immediately, Annas begins to bombard Jesus with question after question concerning his disciples and his teachings and his theological stance. And Jesus just looks at him and says, Annas, why all the questions? Just ask the folks who heard my sermons and Bible studies. I've said nothing in secret. And that's absolutely true. The message of Christ, that God did send his son to die on the cross for the sins of the world, it's always been front and center, proclaimed loudly and proudly without any you know, subterfuge at all. John the Baptist proclaimed the cross. I mean, the first time John lays eyes on Jesus next to the Jordan River, he says to the crowd, what? Behold, there's the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And every Jew in that crowd knew that John was calling Jesus a Passover lamb, a sacrificial lamb, God's sin-bearing sacrifice. Jesus often talked about the coming cross. Matthew 17, 22, Matthew 16, 21, Mark 8, 31, Mark 9, 30 and 31, Luke 9, 21 and 22. There, in all those verses, Jesus says exactly the same thing. The Son of Man is going to be delivered into the hands of sinful men. They will kill him, and on the third day, he will be raised to life. The Apostle Paul couldn't help but talk about the cross of Jesus openly, always, incessantly. 1 Corinthians 1.19, Paul says, For the word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it's the power of God. And he follows that with 1 Corinthians 2.2. Paul says, For I decided to know nothing among you except Christ Jesus and him crucified. And Peter Peter was all about the cross as well. Peter says in 1 Peter chapter 2, Jesus himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed. Do you see it tonight? The message of Christ dying on the cross for your forgiveness and his rising from the dead to pay, pave the way for your own rising not a secret, then tell me, why do you so often live 
like it is a secret? And why do I so often live like it is too? You know, I was reading an article the other day. I thought it was pretty interesting. It was about famous people who lived secret lives. Okay, for example, everyone knows about Sir Isaac Newton, you know, the scientist inspired by the apple, you know, falling on his noggin and then his subsequent uh, three laws of motion. But Newton had a secret life. From 1696 to 1699, Newton was a crime fighter. Did you know that? He served Great, War Great Britain as the warden of the mint, hunting down counterfeiters who were undermining the coin of the realm. Who knew? Mayim my, Balak. Okay, you know her. She's got a secret life to it. And you know her from her roles on uh, Blossom and the Big Bang Theory and as the, you know, the short-lived host on, on Jeopardy. But Mayim, did you know, also has her doctorate degree in neuroscience from UCLA. And she continues to develop curricula and teach young children about science. And then there's everyone's you know, favorite uh, adventure actor, Harrison Ford, a.k.a. Han Solo, Indiana Jones. His secret life is he's an accomplished pilot of both planes and helicopters. In 2001, he actually flew the chopper that rescued a 13-year-old Boy Scout who'd been lost for 18 hours near Yellowstone National Park. And after uh, Harrison talked to the boy after he was rescued, this is classic Harrison Ford, he said to the boy, you should get a merit badge for this one, kid. You know, perfect. But here's the deal. Too many Christians live like Jesus, and the message of his cross is some kind of a secret best kept to themselves. And you know what I'm talking about. It's almost as if your relationship with Jesus, it's, it's part of some kind of secret life and one that you haul out of the closet on, on Sunday mornings or grandma or grandma uh, come to visit, you know, and you haul Jesus out simply for appearances sake. Don't believe me? Well, take this test. How many times has transgenderism or wokeism or abortion or atheism or evolution or all roads lead to heaven or church bashing or Christ bashing or Christian bashing come up in conversations at school, at work, at the bar, at the gym, or between periods at the hockey game, and you either said nothing, changed the topic, or just walked away? We've all done that on one level or another. And that includes your preacher. And pardon my French, but that ain't right. And shame on you and shame on me. Because not only has Christianity never been a solo sport, it's never been a secret sport either. No. The message of Christ and his cross has always been an in-your-face kind of thing. And really, when I think about it, the cross is no different than the American flag. I mean, we're proud of the flag. We're proud of, of what the cross of Jesus stands for. 
And so we fly that cross everywhere, don't we? On top of our church, on the altar, the walls, the hymnals. It hangs around our necks. It dangles from our earlobes. It's dyed upon our skin. It pimps the bumper of your favorite ride. I mean, we're proud of the flag because it reminds us of the sacrifices that so many made to give us our political freedoms, and we're proud of the cross because it proclaims the sacrifice of the one who made us spiritually free from hell by dying in our place and paying God back for our sin. But you would never hide the flag, would you? So how can you hide the cross and its message of a loving God and a rescuing son and the end to all of your guilt and a life that only gets better after you die? No, during these Lenten days before us, see the cross, wear it, love it, own it, live it, share it. Brag about Jesus and then brag about him some more until people are tired of hearing you brag about Jesus. And may that cross of your Savior always live in your heart. And may it never, ever be a secret. Amen. And the peace in Christ that passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.